At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and certified lipid specialist at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and chief population health officer at Baptist Health South Florida. If there's ever been a more stressful period in this country during my lifetime, I can't remember it. I'm sure the same is true for many of you out there listening. The COVID-19 pandemic has completely disrupted life as we know it, and now a very contentious election is adding yet another level of stress to the mix. It's enough to make anyone feel depressed, anxious, even physically ill. So the big question becomes, how do we deal with these feelings? What can we do to help ourselves, our kids, our loved ones cope at this time? For answers to these questions, we've turned to Dr. Rachel Rahide, a psychiatrist with Baptist Health, whom we first spoke with about coping with the new normal back in May. Welcome back to the podcast, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Um, so uh, thanks for coming back. I remember it was a great conversation in May. We're at the peak of the pandemic surge in, in, in uh, or actually just before the peak of the pandemic surge in Miami. But I think the discussion and your recommendations were well taken and they remain so today. Since then, what are you seeing in your practice and what are you seeing, seeing uh, in the community regarding um, any exacerbations or continuations or any trends regarding um, uh, mental health issues? Um, what, what are you seeing right now? So what we are seeing and what we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic is an uptick in anxiety disorders, new anxiety disorders, but also anxiety disorders that are uh, a resurgence. Um, we're seeing also a lot of substance use disorders. So substance use disorders that have been at once controlled um, and also new substance use disorders. So everything um, got a little worse, but the upside of that is that, you know, we've been a li- we've been more accessible to our patients. So I do see people reaching out for help a lot more. And I think accessibility, and you and I have talked about this in the past, people should realize with the advent of telemedicine, virtual visits, people can actually get help, don't have to leave their home, don't have to leave a loved one. Um, And are you using telemedicine visits in your practice? Are you seeing others do it as well? I am, absolutely. Um, In both of my offices, I am seeing patients online and, you know, I'm also seeing in person, Um, but it has brought accessibility to people. It takes, you know, it takes about 10 years for someone to actually get psychiatric help. And so even, you know, notice it themselves or actually reach a psychiatrist. And I think that now with these new online platforms, it's been accessible and people are reaching out. People are seeing the importance of it. That, that is something that the pandemic has accelerated, the move towards the ability for virtual visits and Absolutely. not necessarily to take the place of an in-office visit for people who may not have access. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so we know that um, there's been a persistent, if not worsening, as you say, of, of people who are uh, who are seeking help for mental health issues, which can be anxiety and depression and, and unfortunately mm-hmm. substance abuse. Um, let's talk a little bit about now the, the, the acute issue, which is this election stress disorder, as it's been called by some in the media. Um, it, it really is. It's a contentious time. Uh, we're concerned and there's a lot of uncertainty about the validity of the elections and the processes. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of uh, partisanship and divided camps in the, in the, in the country. 
how is that affecting the patients you're seeing? And what are you seeing regarding this election stress disorder? And then, of, of course, we'll follow up with recommendations, how people can avoid falling into that. Absolutely. So what, what I'm seeing, again, is just this increase in anxiety disorders, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, um, an inundation of information. Um, again, you know, we have this great, um, this great technology. We have our phones or basically computers in our hands, right? Um, and so what I tell people is just to kind of limit Limit the amount of information you're receiving. Limit the amount of time that you're online and watching news. Um, again, remember, we can't control everything. We can only control us. So if we can try to limit the amount of information, um, our inundation, I, I think that we can really help to mitigate some of these stressful factors. It really is something people have to be aware of because they may not be realizing what's driving that that anxiety and those concerns. Um, I myself have found myself I'm I, I'm just turning the TV off. I, I just I don't want to hear about it. I just want to I don't want to be exposed to it because it generates yep. that level of of like you said uh, anxiety or just discomfort. Um, what about, you know, certainly as a cardiologist and certainly attuned to this, I'm sure other physicians are as well, palpitations, not sleeping well, overeating, you mentioned substance abuse. These are real physical concerns, physical manifestations of obviously these, these stress-related um, um, situations. Speak a little bit about that mind-body uh, connection. Absolutely. You know, our 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 minds are connected to our bodies, right? Our brain is connected. There's, there's no separation between brain and body. So everything that we're feeling, we feel throughout our entire body. And that stress, that low mood is kind of like the, um, the foot on the pedal, on the gas of our runaway stress response system, you know, our HPA system. And so, um, Having increased amounts of this stress chronically, uh, we're not talking about just a fight or flight moment, right? We get a little scared, you know, our, our blood pressure goes up a little bit, blood flow to our muscles because we're going to run away. Uh, but we're talking about chronically turned on stress response system. So we're high levels of cortisol and that, you know, that brings a strain to the heart, to our blood vessels. Um you know, we find that we are eating more. So we have, you know, more chances of obesity and we're increasing cholesterol, um, increasing rates of diabetes, our possibility of stroke. And so, you know, having this um, stress response system chronically on at high levels all the time isn't doing our body any good. And it's actually bringing on some, you know, medical um, chronic illnesses. And the point is people should connect it so that if someone who's, again, agitated, concerned, the elections, the election period really is something they're taking to heart, no pun intended, but they have a physical manifestation. It's good for them to recognize, wait a minute, it's not that my heart is causing a problem because it's racing a little bit, or it's not my blood pressure's up, I need more medications, but maybe I should obviously recognize it's it's this uh, exactly. um, situation around me. So, So what are the kind of things that, people can do? What would be some of these coping mechanisms? You already mentioned a few, um, for example, you know, turning off the TV and social media, right. but, but what do you, what do you, what are you seeing and recommending to the people that you're, uh, uh, your patients and people you're talking so I, to? Right I now? really have three, you know, top things here. Uh, number one is setting limits. So having time for yourself and not being inundated with all this information. So setting limits 
And I say that to everyone. I, I have to practice it myself. You know, um, half of the week I'm home working. You know, when you're done, you're done. That's it. Put away the phone. No more emails. No more social media. No, you know, no TV. Have family time and set those limits and follow those limits. And don't just set them for yourself, but set them for the whole family. A lot of us have children who are also being inundated with all of this information and all of these things online because a lot of our kids do have uh, um, smartphones. You know, set limits and try to ease some of that anxiety bad mood, not able to sleep. I'm just eating chips all the time because I'm so stressed. Um, and really limit that for, for you, for yourself. That's my number one tip is setting limits. Let's keep going. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, the second one is sitting with your emotions, accepting your emotions, right? Taking care of your feelings, being mindful. So it's normal to be, um, stressed. It's normal to be upset. It's normal to be anxious, right? Sit, you know, realize what you're feeling and and, and how it affects you physically. Um, I think it's very important to be aware of what is normal and what is not normal. And so having been, you know, being presented with a situation and being angry about it, that's normal. Being stressed about it, that is something normal. But allowing it to, you know, ruminate through your, through the day and, and, and take up your entire day and you can't work because of it and you can't have dinner with your family because you're too upset or you're, you know, when it starts kind of bleeding into social functions and work functions, that's when you have to say, wait a minute, this, I I need to get help for this. There's something there that's not, that I can't control. I can't, you know, I can't bring this back. So I I need to reach out to somebody. Um, And so being mindful of that is really, is really important. So that would be like, like I say, if you're avoiding certain things that normally you would take part of, if you're, you're not getting out of bed in the morning, I mean, you know, something, something that's really impacting your normal daily workflow. Is that, is that kind of way to look at it? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my last tip is you're human. You know, don't take on too much. You're human. Um, It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to have these feelings. Um, And again, once it starts impacting negatively your life, that's the point where you say, all right, this is this is beyond my control now. And now I need to reach out for help. You find that a lot of the people you're seeing, and I'm I'm asking from again experience, um, are just uh, are they just you know I really need help and I'm going to reach out, or do you find other people, coworkers, loved ones, will say, hey, listen, you really would benefit from seeing someone. Can I help you arrange that? Absolutely. So the stats are that it does take about ten years for someone to reach out for help sometimes, yeah. um, and so by the time I see my patients, it's really because. Um, Dr. Rahide, I'm about to lose my job. Uh, Dr. Rahide, I'm about to, you know, my wife is going to leave me. Um, so at that point, it's because they've been pushed to see me. A lot, you know, psychiatry, there's still a, a huge stigma surrounded by psychiatry. Um, I have patients that sit, you know, they, they put their head in their hand. I can't believe I'm seeing you. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's tough to say I, 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 I should, you know, I need to reach out for help. It's it, that's not an easy thing. And so by the time that I do see patients, it's because other people have pushed them to see me. When, when a patient comes to you as a psychiatrist, and again, speaking from your own experience, but speaking, representing um, um, the discipline, um, 
is it automatically going to go on medications? Do you work with people who avoid medications? Do you do you refer people out maybe to a psychologist? What 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 kind of um, pathways would people take once they get to uh, your level? Um, so when a patient comes to see me, you know, I like to say that I'm not um, I'm not the bus driver. They are the bus driver. I'm the annoying little GPS that tells them, you know, maybe you can turn right or maybe you should turn left. I don't um, I don't think medication is completely magic. Right. I think you have to also incorporate other things like sleep hygiene and healthy eating. I think part of that is seeing a therapist and it can be a psychologist. It can be um, a therapist. You know, I always say, you know, it's it's it doesn't have to be the most um, authored psychologist in the entire world. You know, somebody that you connect with somebody that you can tell your deepest and your darkest um, and that can really help you get through your that this time I think that is key it is it is key to incorporate all of it not just the medication um, um, again well said and then of course other lifestyle components getting exercise if you can Absolutely. good night sleep eating healthy I know you're a big proponent of of uh, again non-medication component ways of improving one's um, uh, mental health state right Absolutely but remember you know when they come to see me they're already at that point sure, sure. where where other things haven't worked and so most of the time when a patient comes to see me, we will start medication. We will also start, I will also be annoying and give you pamphlets and show you <laughs> about the whole eating healthy and exercise and sleep hygiene and therapists and all of that sort of stuff. So um, Agreed. I, I definitely like to be very inclusive. You know, I like acupuncture. I'm going to send you to your primary care. I'm going to send you back to your cardiologist. So um, I, I like whole body treatment. Um, no, I, again, I, I agree with you 100. percent And I think um, um, there's lots of components of what lead to an op, a problem, and there's lots of ways to uh, assess and mitigate the problem, whether it's diabetes or you know uh, anxiety or, or, or depression and whatnot. So I think that, that's well said. That's well said. What about? Um, I'm going to throw a little curveball out there. Um, a lot of people will take supplements. Um, in hopes of helping their anxiety and depression and and whatnot. And we know these are dietary supplements. They don't have any medical indications. Uh, are you exposed to that at all? Or do you get into that with your patients at all? Yeah, a little bit. I do have a lot of patients that prefer to also incorporate vitamins and, and herbs and, and things like this. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not an ex, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all of it. Um, but I certainly say be careful what you put in your body. You know, I can sell, you know, almost anything, right? Um, and say this is for anxiety and depression, but we don't really know what the side effects are. Um, also be very careful with um, supplements that can increase your risk of bleeding, um, increase your risk of liver, liver damage. So you just want to be really careful with what you put in yeah. your body. If you, usually if you can't, if you can't say the name, or the ingredient, it might not be that great to put into your body. I, I, I agree with that comment as well. And we, we had this on a previous podcast that people think something's natural. It's good for you. And I would right. say, you know, arsenic is natural and cyanide is natural. And no, that's <laughs> right. not the case. And, and if you're at the point where you feel you have a need and you're taking something being sold at a store by someone who's not an expert, then maybe it's another indication to say, maybe I should 
I should seek some professional help. Yes. Yes. So, so, so this is really, um, you know, most helpful. I think the timing could not be better. Um, I have a feeling every couple of months we're going to be having these conversations um, because I don't think this is getting uh, going away anytime soon. But um, no. you know, I, I think of all the things you said, the the third one of the third point you made in your ways of approaching it is that we're only human. We all try to be superhuman, and we have to be there for ourselves and family members, and we judge ourselves if we can't cope, but. But these are overwhelming times, and uh, people right. should reach out when they need when they when they right. feel. I've heard, that, you, know. you know, I've heard many times patients say to me, um, "I thought I could do it on my own. I guess I'm not strong enough." Um, and I try to always tell them, "You're strong because you've reached out for help. Right. That's what gives you strength. It's not that you've fallen. It's how you pick yourself up." Again, that's a that's a, that's a wonderful sentiment. Um, any final comments? Any final thoughts? I think we hit we hit we hit all the, the important points regarding um, um, you know recognizing an increase in, in mental health um, of needs regarding pandemic and in, in, in particular, and then the the uh, election stress disorder, which is real. Um, yes. Any other any other components or things you want to bring up before we wrap up? Yes. Okay. So I think a really important factor for all of us during this really stressful time is going to be really coming together as a family unit, having that family dinner, um, children, teens, adults alike, you know, we are inundated with a lot of this stress because of the unprecedented times that we find ourselves in. Having a moment to have a nice dinner with your family. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be nice. It could be pizza. It could be whatever you, you want, but having that moment to actually talk to your family members and coming together, I think is going to be really key for us in the next coming weeks. Thank you very much, Dr. Rachel Rahide, a psychiatrist with Baptist Health. Um, to all of our listeners, as usual, if you have any thoughts or ideas for future podcasts, any comments, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Stay safe, everyone. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.